Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast, brought to you by Establishment Coffee Co. Very serious. If you want a discount on some coffee, head to the website, use Zero 25 for 25% off your next order. My recommendation, the Upshot. Very nice bean. Uh, if you get the perfect uh, grind, it uh, extracts very nicely. Uh, okay. I'll mm. actually ask for the Upshot now. Yeah, very good. I'm surprised like we haven't had to put the aircon on today because of uh, you know I've got this heat here. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you running, Tom, bro? Running, uh, running my my, my the uh, zenith of my collection, my shattered backboards, Ooh, the OGs. Sh- OGs. What, what's the shiny stuff? Is that dew, like mildew from sitting in the boxes? Ooh, I don't know. All of my shoes get it on it, where they get this like layer of sparkly stuff. Yeah, it looks like. Is it like mold or dew? Or do you keep the the sachet in the boxes? No, oh, I don't know. I think you should keep them in there. The do gel, the sachets the come gel, with yeah. the boxes? Yeah, mm. uh, I just keep them. However, I get them. I don't oh. change anything or throw anything out. Yeah, well, oh, okay. Yeah, that's odd. I thought maybe you just wanted to jazz them up for the podcast, put nah. a bit of glitter on them. No, nah, all of them come out of the boxes like this because I don't touch them for so long. Yeah, right. Well, I'm running. Pair of TNs, Rodman. Nice. Yeah, Roadman Tings. CJ's rocking some TNs as well. Yes, TN threes. Ooh, okay, okay. Bad men. Bad man. I'm barefoot. Oh, beauty. Nah, you got like champion socks on. <laughs> Stance. <laughs> oh, what are they? Stance. Stance. What does that mean? It's, it's just the brand. The, oh. They're really good. It's I, the same as the white ones that I always wear, but. I thought what? it was Lululemon. Nah, I don't no. know if you've noticed. I've exclu- You're wearing them too. I've mm-hmm. exclusively worn these socks for like four years. I thought they were Lululemons. No. I, no. There's a specific way you have to wear them too. The logo has to be like on the inside. Like yeah. that. You can't have them on the outside or you can't wear two of the same one. Uh. Yeah. So I always pair them up as soon as I wash them. I got nice. gi- I got gidge into them. Now. Yeah. I love them. Now I won't wear any other socks. It's good because I just, I treat my, I just wash all my socks with coloured stuff. Mm. And if I'm at Gidge's house, I'll get like a fresh peel and they're like nice and white. That's how I know they're not mine. <laughs> nice. Yeah, mine are slowly getting mixed up with the grey <laughs> ones. Where, where, <laughs> where do you get them from? Just online. Online? Use Henny yeah. 25. Henny 25. <laughs> Free shipping. Henny stands. Yeah, good socks. Mm-hmm. All right. James, what are you grateful for today, my brother? I am grateful for uh, a good night's sleep. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you have one? Yeah, <laughs> I don't sleep very well, but I've been sleeping pretty good lately, so I'm very nice. grateful for a good night's sleep. What do you class as a good night's sleep? Uh, not waking up multiple times. Mm-hmm. I normally have to go to toilet like two or three times a night. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up and it's my alarm. I'm, I'm wo- I've woken up to my alarm and mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, that's odd. So yeah, that's odd. Very grateful. <laughs> nice. Mm. CJ, what do you got? I'm grateful that training is going great. Nice. nice. It's been a while. <laughs> so, yeah, it's actually reflecting. I'm like, oh, I, this is – I look forward to training and not – it's not like, okay, this could go wrong <laughs> or I'm really scared or this feels terrible. But now, yeah, it feels like uh, really good as, you know, pretty much what it was before I got injured. So I'm really stoked. Yeah, man, you were throwing around 170 yesterday easily. Mm. It was nice. So you sandbagging your squat skin. That's sick. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Standard. Again, standard. <laughs> Can't wait to, for you to squat 300. <laughs> Me too. Me Bridget, too. what are you grateful for? Um, all the wonderful people I have in my life. Nice. Yeah. I got lots of people who care about me. And yeah, I realized that recently. And yeah, I'm very grateful for all of them. 
So that's good. Yeah. I wish I could say the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> good people. Uh, today, this this morning, I'm grateful for lifting weights. This nice. this year marks 20 years of lifting weights oh for me. Gosh. Started when I was 14. Wow. Holy. I was, I was a big big fat boy and uh, wanted to get into shape and. Uh, my dad, you know, curbside cleanup where they, everyone chucks their mm-hmm. rubbish out on yep. the side of the road and the trucks come and pick it up. We found a bunch of weights, all these rusted beat up weights out on the side of the road. So dad let me bring them home and clean them up and paint them. And, uh, my brother had moved out back to New Zealand. And so we had a spare room at the, at the unit. So I turned that into my own little gym. Uh, and he was super supportive. Dad like helped me, uh, do chores and save up money and bought me a bar and bought me some other stuff like a bench and a, we found this uh, secondhand like combo unit with like, you know, the classic home gym thing with like a lap pull down and stuff like that. It's where it all began for me. That's, That's sick. Cool. So That's yeah. really cool. So I'll have to take a photo at some point in the next six months, which I'm dreading, and then put it side by side to like my first photo of I'm a gym guy when I was 16. Were you thinking about getting into the gym before you found the weights or did something just sort of like click? No, I was mostly thinking about shapes and chocolate milk. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I'm still mostly thinking about (laughs) shapes and chocolate milk. No, I was just just a really big obese kid and uh, like I was probably 120 kilos when I was 14 and wanted to to lose some weight. My brother was really into lifting weights, so I kind of wanted to copy him. That's cool. Yeah, and it just popped up on the side of the road. Does your brother still lift weights? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He plays ice hockey, so he's, he, he does some, he's gotten back into weights like this year. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Quotes. All right. Let me kick this off. Oh, CJ, I saw Oppenheimer on the weekend. Mm -hmm. It was good. Yeah. Awesome. It was good. Actually, before quotes, let's do that. We saw Barbie in the weekend. (laughs) Oh, what'd you think? Fucking awesome. It was so good. Yeah. Was it work? It was, but not in, not in like the way that the other things are woke. Mm. It's no, it was good. It was really, really good. The, yeah, the feedback I heard was like they were really shoving the message down your throat. No, no, it wasn't like that. Nah, because that's what I thought. Like normally, when you watch some stuff that's like overly woke, it kind of takes away from the storyline, and mm. that's all you think about. Mm. But no, you could still really enjoy the film. Yeah, yeah. cool. Mm. It's cool. not what I expected at all. It was really yeah, cool. Same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of loved it. So, I I get the feeling with Oppenheimer. Like Oppenheimer was a great. Great film. Like it was, it was very, that's obviously why CJ, you appreciate it so much. It's mm. like an artistic masterpiece. Yes. But like standalone objectively, it's a really hard movie to follow. Mm. Uh, I was able to keep up with the characters because a lot of the characters are famous physicists that I had to learn about in uni. Okay. Uh, so like the names that they'd repeat for, if you've never heard of these people, like these, uh, Einstein, you're going to remember because yes. everyone knows Einstein. Yes, yeah. But someone like Nils Bohr, you don't, mm. it's not a name that pops up, but if you've done physics or chemistry or whatever, these names are familiar so you can keep up with who's who. Mm. For anyone who's not into chemistry or physics, it's like, wait, who's that guy? Who's that guy? What? Yeah. Who? Who is that? And the storyline itself, because it's like the past and the future then the present and the past and the yeah. future and then you pre- it's really hard to follow yeah oh. and it's paced very quickly yeah yeah close for three hours right yeah mm. Mm. but just like i w- i would not be i wouldn't watch it at the movies again no. like i wouldn't rush back and watch it and i have no, no interest in seeing it again for a very long time but i'm really glad i saw it yeah well bobby's smoking it though eh? yeah yeah, and the yeah. how come there's so much hype around these two movies at the same time. What, didn't they get released on the same day? They got released on the same day. Yeah, I think it's what we said last week about like the 
they were cross promoted mm. organically because of um, Nolan stepping away from what's Barbie produced by DreamWorks or yeah. Universal or whatever mm. and switching to the other one. Uh, so there was controversy uh, around that, and that sort of elevated them both. Okay. But I also heard, I was listening to it on a podcast. They're talking about the marketing budgets between them two. So yeah. Oppenheimer only had like a hundred million, a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Budget and Barbie was like two hundred forty-five yeah. million. It was which is huge. Yeah, which is absolutely nuts. So huge. But the marketing for Barbie was like pretty awesome. I didn't, I didn't see any of it, so that kind of defeats what I'm saying. But uh, what I'd heard about it, like they did things in America, like put the Barbie house up on um like their real estate comment and stuff yeah, like that. Oh, no way. That. Yeah. Like really cool ways of, yeah, how they promoted it. Yeah, that's sick. But no, it was a great movie. Very good. All right. Um, <clears throat> My quote is, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Yeah, nice. That's good. I always like that one. That's cool. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Classic uh, Uncle Tony Robbins quote, I think. My quote's along the lines of... um. No matter how bad the situation is, there's always a best move. Mm. I like that. Um, mine is, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Nice. Cool. What's that from? Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Oh my gosh, I think about it. So you go with your family. <laughs> it all now explains why you got a two-seater car. Yes. <laughs> Uh, mine is learning patience can be a difficult experience, but once conquered, you will find life is easier. Nice. Oh, a little bit off brand for you, Gidge. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Needed some like space and dark tones. <laughs> yeah, and no. no mm, mine the element of dying in there. Yeah. <laughs> and life short. <laughs> life short, but the continuum of space goes forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Fire out. Oh, CJ, your uh, flashlight's on, brother. Is it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. What have you guys been up to anyway? Being Anything exciting? Being sore. I don't know why I'm so sore this week. Well, I know exactly why I'm so sore this week, <laughs> but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> what is it? Why? It's just I always like deload and then go way too hard in week one. Yeah. And also nice. I've cut calories a little bit, so I'm just oh. hungry and really sore. Spe speaking of calories, I've got a chili oil for you to try. Oh, one, nice. New yeah, one downstairs. That. Not as good as the other one, mm. but that's all right. Well, you lost me when it was like Australian made or had yeah, like a kangaroo bro, on no, it or I something. I'm like, kangaroo. This is, I thought you were <laughs> Asian. What are you doing? No, no, no. no, no. So <laughs> I, I got a targeted world. ad for this. Ah. Yes, yeah, so I got a targeted ad on Instagram. Yeah. So then when I saw it, I was like, I'm going to get that. Ah, you're worse than Meg. Meg's like, she'll buy something and she'll be like, oh, just the marketing got me. I'm like... You literally just walked <laughs> past it. That's not a marketing. It's just existing. It was sitting on the shelf. <laughs> like, uh, get marketing me. gets me every time. <laughs> and I don't know, but but it was in a prime spot. It was at eye level in the supermarket. So I made the assumption. Uh, I was like, ah, so they must have paid uh, for this real estate. Yeah. Oh, fuck. You just took all the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> or they have too much stock and they need to get rid of it because yeah. it's crap. So they put it at eye level and you bought it. Well, it's on a fancy shelf. Oh. Have you, have what you tried it What is a fancy though? shelf? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you? <laughs> is it crap or? Uh, I don't want to skew <laughs> Thomas. Uh, kind of shit on it, but I'm like, well, have you had it yet? <laughs> I don't want to skew Thomas's opinion before he tries it. Okay. Okay. And mm. when you say like, in other words, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, I'm going to go buy the other one today <laughs> <laughs> and chucking the whole stock I got in the whole tray. Um, use use the zero card for your troubles. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. But it's actually it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> 
The um the when you say the other one, is it the one that's in the fridge that's been in the fridge, that yeah. yellow one? That's the best one. Where do you get that from? Supermarket. Yeah, just in the Asian section at supermarket. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's got the peanuts in it. Yeah, you gotta get the crispy one. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So yeah, I, I like stole a scoop out of that. Yeah, bro. And oh, I was like, it's communal, oh brother. Oh my god. If it's, if it's in the fridge, it's communal. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about it. Is it's got that Chinese chili that numbs your mouth? Mm. The so sh- sh- Szechuan, Szechuan. Yeah, yeah. So if you take too much, you just I don't like that feeling yeah, very much. Yeah. So Szechuan Chinese is my fa- that's my favorite region of Chinese food because mm. mm. I love the oils, I love the chilies yeah. they use. So I'm a big fan of Szechuan. The numbing, mm. mapo tofu. What else do you love about it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just list it all? I love the oils. I love the chili. So you like the chili oil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just really love the way the you know the oils collaborate with it, <laughs> and once it hits the palate, it's uh, it's numbing. No, sorry, I just sorry. No, it's 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 actually true. You know when you say you love something, then you have to explain why you love it, and it's like, well, I only named one thing. That I <laughs> I just about love it. how it tastes. Mm. That's why I admire listening to food critics. It's like, how the fuck did you come up with all that bullshit yeah. about eating a fucking piece of toast? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You know, Bridget, you were just saying how they like, you know, clear the shit stuff so put it right in your face. The best investment I've ever made in that. Do you guys remember when Kraft did whipped peanut butter? Yes. No. No one liked it. So it it got discontinued and so it was all like $1 and I remember buying like 15 jars of it. Whipped peanut butter. Wait, did they get discontinued? Yeah, ages ago. Do you remember the same thing when they invented... The cheese, I think it's cheesy mite. Yeah, what but they, they called call it, it Ice Snack 2.0, and then everyone went nuts, and so they said they were discontinuing oh it, and everyone gosh. went out and bought those yes, jars because this. they were limited edition. Yeah. So sales just went. But it's the, the same stuff as it's exactly yeah. 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 now. It's called like cheesy bites. cheesy mite or yeah something like that. Yeah, and Whipped it's not very good. Butter. What a marketing disaster. Mm. Like the whole eye thing <laughs> is just apple. Like why yeah. would you attach it to fucking veggie mite? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. It was actually a question I wanted to ask on the podcast, but I was going to do it at the end instead of like a disgusting would you rather. I was going <laughs> to ask everyone what their like oddest food combination is, but we'll do that at the end. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a food you we're, love, we're prepped. We're but prepped. everyone else would think is weird. Okay. All right, anyway, mm. what were we just talking about? Just going to ask what you guys have been up to. Oh, yeah. I was sore. CJ, what have you <laughs> I'm been sore. up to? <laughs> I'm sore. Um, no, like I was saying, just training. Training's been really good. Really enjoying it. Um, it's it's weird. Usually, in blocks, the first week is the wor- uh, is like bearable, and it gets as it gets heavy, it gets hard. Especially with strength blocks, but it's been the opposite for me. It's all kind of coming together into week four. When I thought this is when I'd have like the worst, the joints are hurting, but yeah, it's been really, it's been good. Nice. Right, make sure you push the deadlifts up. Okay. <laughs> what, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> it's week four. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Let's goddamn go. I want to see you pulling like no 180 for six or one. <laughs> yeah. For six. 220. You coward, CJ. <laughs> Sandbagging. <laughs> I mean, all your deadlifts are minus 10 kilos because you use bumpers, but we'll talk about oh, that. Because <laughs> of all that whip. That's right. It's oh swag that looks that, I, that I'm getting at 170 kilos. <laughs> so much whip. Gidge dog, what you been up to? I put my feet down in the bench press this morning for the first time Whoa. in ages. Yeah. And it was so nice. <laughs> but now my neck hurts a bit, so I don't think I'm ready. So <laughs> Nice. But it was fun. I did it for a few sets. Nice. I've been feeling good, so I gave it a try, but not quite there. Yeah. Good. Another block. James. Oh. <laughs> it's run, so sad. Run, 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 heavy rod club. 
Uh, now that's the that's the Melbourne strength culture boys. Feel a run club, heavy run club. Now we're Brecky run, run club. club. We're hey. BRC. Uh, we what have I been up to? Yeah, same old running, lifting, bit of jiu-jitsu. That's it. Nice. Yeah, nothing exciting. Is jits back to normal? Do you feel like you're back where you were? Um, yes, but my body's way too. So I I actually have to like sounds silly, but I need to like you know limit my exposure to it because the first week I went. I went nuts. I went like, mm. yeah, I just went too hard. So uh, this week I've only gone once. I'll go tomorrow night and then I'll go again on Saturday. Nice. So that's three times just because, my yeah, my body was fucked. I was so sore. So I just need to limit my exposure to begin with and I'll ramp it up a little bit. Are you fully back in now? Like the ribs all like you're sparring and yeah, yeah you know, going like hard put and putting pressure on it. Yeah. Stuff. I only hurt my rib once and that was in the gym when I did the L sit up. Yeah. I was just thinking, uh, L pull up like mm. hanging and then did it like L like feet out and then did a pull up and was Lem here when you did it. No. Why did I do it? I can't remember. We were, ta- oh, really we were going to do it for a challenge and then we decided to see if I could do it and then he did it mm. and then someone else got in on it. Righto. Righto. Yeah. I was just trying to show them that it's not like when people when when you do an L uh, pull up, people are like, "Whoa, that's amazing!" And it's like, "No, nah, it's just how you hold your shoulders." Mm. Mm. Like every, anyone can do it. As yeah, long first as time I couldn't do it properly, and then I held my shoulders, and then I. I you got to keep one. your shoulders fixed. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trick. Nah, free the scabs. <laughs> free. <laughs> Hashtag free the scabs. Uh, all right, let's get into some uh, get into some topics. I feel really silly talking about this, but a lot of people actually are. Want to know, or I get this question quite a lot, or we all doing here. Does cardio affect your strength training? Yes. <laughs> nice. Do you want to give some context around <laughs> that answer? No. no. <laughs> no. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyone? Uh, anyone have a crack at this first? No, you go. You're the running guy. So okay, let's go to the next. Run question your mouth. Then. All right. <laughs> let's go to the next. No, question. no, no. But legit. So. Uh, one of, I've got a few clients that say, I want to get a, I want to do a little bit of cardio. I want to get a little bit fitter. And their immediate thought is they need to do running. Mm. And so is running a bad form of cardio? I think it is. I think it's a horrible form of cardio. If your goal is powerlifting, if you're a powerlifter, if you want to get better at running, like literally if you want to get better at the skill of running, then running's a great source of cardio. Mm. But in terms of uh, like progression with running mixed with powerlifting, like – like I said before, if you want to do running, if you want to start running for the sake of running for the sport, fine, perfect, perfect form of cardio. But if you just want to get a little bit fitter, you don't need to run. There's other ways you can do cardio. Why would you say that? Is it because it's high impact? Yes, that's what I think. I think, uh, like, I feel like my body's a little bit more when I'm like a, you know, deep in like a running prep. I feel like my body's just as sore it is if I was like really intensely strength training towards mm. a heavier end of like a block or something. Um, just because of the, it's just the repetition, like those longer runs, it's really hard on your ankles, your knees, especially when you're a little bit heavier. I was going to say, that's going to be the big issue that people mm. lifting weights are going to run into is that they're carrying a heavier frame. And so every step is going to be far more impactful than the average runner. Yeah. And a lot of people, like when they get into powerlifting, they understand the nuances of powerlifting. They understand like for deadlifts, I need to wear these slippers. I need to wear this belt. I need to wear these knee sleeves. But when people get into running, they have no clue. They just think, oh, running shoes, buy a pair of them. Yeah. Majority of the time, they'll buy the biggest dog shit pair. Yeah. Like you go to a Nike shop and you'll just see a pair for a hundred bucks. You go, boom, done. It's Nike. The brand's good. I'm getting mm, that. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of aspects to a piece of footwear that you don't take into account. Mm. So if someone's, uh, like for example, if I'm running, let's say at the moment running three to four times a week, I'll wear two to three different shoes during the week. I'll wear a different pair of shoes for my long, easy runs. They're way more, uh, they're less responsive. So they're a lot cushiony. They're really cushiony. So they're really soft. So the impact is a lot less. Um, but they're, you know, the way you can, uh, your feet turnover is a, a lot slower. I was shocked at how often you have to replace running shoes. Mm. Yeah, 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 it gets quite expensive yeah. if you're uh, running quite a lot. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily run like, but some of my mates, you know, they'll have to replace them every two months mm. kind uh, of thing. It's a perfect analogy to draw, like, because uh, it's not just the shoes, right? It's also your running technique, you're mm-hmm. programming. A lot of people that try to run for cardio are literally going to be that guy that comes to the gym with gloves and a thick belt from a supplement shop and maxes out every week. Mm-hmm. And that's the equivalent of yeah. going buying a cheap pair of shoes and just running as far as you can a couple of times a week, right? Yeah. So there's a, there needs to be a thoughtful pursuit if you're actually going to build it in. 100%. And I said to um, one of the boys here, Mitch Risman, when he started running, he goes, oh, I went for a run the other day, I did 2K at this pace. And I'm like, and I was like, bro, in six weeks time, you're going to be able to run 10K. You just need to run properly. And I told him to go buy these shoes. He went and bought a really good pair of shoes. And he ran 10Ks in like six weeks. I was like, go slow. Like awesome. you should be able to talk the whole time. Try what? to keep your heart rate below this. Okay, we have wow. to pause there. Mm-hmm. You know who else ran 10Ks? Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. What a monster. What Holy. was that for? So A bet. It, yeah, it was a bet. <laughs> uh, I might butcher the story. I'll have to double check with Daniel. But from what I remember, it was that Toby was basically saying, nah, running's just about mindset. And then he's like, I can run 10Ks. And Daniel's like, what? No, you can't. And then he bet him 200 bucks that he couldn't run 10Ks. And Toby said, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, good, do it this weekend. So he did. Yeah. Daniel rung me that night. They were arguing about it. Daniel rung me straight away. Go, oi, real quick. Do you reckon Toby can run 10Ks? I was like, when's the last time he's run? And he's like, he hasn't run. I'm like, oh, not a chance. (laughs) And then- uh. He just goggins it. He goggins it. Full blown goggins it. I think because something was on the line as well. Yeah. His pride, like yeah, it wasn't even two hundred bucks. It was the pride. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Daniel rung me. Uh, me and Daniel were Facetiming the day it happened. Yeah. And Daniel was on his bike. So I'm gonna have to go find him. I don't think he's get, uh, like. <laughs> don't think he's gonna make it. Yeah. yeah I'm but have to find him. fuck, he did good. He did the ten k's. Daniel Facetimed me, and yeah, everyone was stoked. And it I'm, didn't look like he was flat. Like he was kind of. It's a pretty. It's a pretty hilly run. So yeah. like. The, the route he took, he went from Southside to Gabba up Logan Road, and I live on Logan Road. So I really wanted to catch him like from my balcony and yell at him while he was driving, going past. But I, I must have just missed him because I'd gone out and got groceries. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty hilly. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. just flat. Like it was a really good effort. I looked at his time as well, which was like, like seven thirty-one per k or something. Yeah, he did the whole thing in one twenty-four. Yeah, which is like that's a good easy k run. Like that's if you're re- if you're relatively new to running, that's how fast your easy K should be. Yeah. Um, so that's fucking. I I couldn't believe it. Props to Toby. Well yeah. done. That's so cool. Man. Well what done, a Toby. weapon, eh? Oh, I can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so I couldn't much. believe it when Daniel FaceTimed me and said he did it. I was like, no fucking like. <laughs> it's like the way I look at the equivalent I used. Uh, the what I thought the equivalent was was like, all right, that's like me not benching for like a year and go, you know what. I'm going to go for 140. (laughs) (laughs) And then Daniel's like, that's exactly what I fucking thought. I've been telling him. And then he did it, which is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently he was paying for it the next day. Yeah. He said, he said, he said he's never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. 
Amazing. Um, okay, back to the subject. <laughs> I think I, I think just like anything, it's like this this automatic dichotomy that people do: black and white, yes or no. There's one thing or there's the other. And the reality of cardio and lifting is that it kind of falls in the middle. As in, a lot of people think that doing cardio to be fit is going to make them better at like doing reps or lasting longer in the gym. And conditioning or GPP, like being generally prepared for what you're doing in the gym, probably isn't going to see much benefit from running or walking around the block or that general fitness. So the two don't necessarily talk to each other. And at the same time, being generally fit and doing some cardio doesn't interfere with lifting if it's done in a thoughtful approach. Uh, so should lifters do cardio? I would absolutely categorically follow my sword and say yes every single time. I think everyone should be doing some form of cardio, some form of movement if they're not already active because most of us are pretty inactive uh, compared to what we should be as the animal that we are. So like I'm a big fan of encouraging people to do cardio as long as it's low impact. And if they're serious about lifting, as long as it's not interfering with, with their ability to train. And that's as simple as walking or like riding a bike or um, yeah, if you if you run a light jog, you don't have to do a 10K run. You can go out and run for 15, 20 minutes. You can back that up with some rowing at the gym or getting on a erg bike or whatever. Uh, but definitely moving around is... And forget about like... Because that's the other thing. People think, how is this going to affect my lifting? How about how is it going to affect your life? Mm -hmm. uh, like think general weight management... Uh, good for blood flow, good for long-term cardiovascular health, good for your lung health, good for just general metabolism, good for staying leaner in general. Like it's just in a laundry list of benefits. You're silly to not be doing it if you have any general investment in your health. Very good for your mental health as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, um, I, cause when I had a uh, poots, I just had poots for three weeks and I'm, you know, walking him twice a day. Yeah. And it's just so good to get up, like the first thing in the morning kind of thing, get up, take your dog for a walk. Mm. Like, could you imagine not walking, buddy, every day? Oh, I hate it. Like, mm. at the moment, he can't walk. Like, I'm not taking him for walks. I'm walking alone, and I hate that. But I, like, I can't not. I wake up. I don't turn on my phone. I don't look at my computer. I wake up, and pretty much within 10 minutes, I'm out the door for an hour. Mm. Uh, and I, I, like, if I don't start my day like that, it's just not as good a day. It's where I get all my thinking done. It's where uh, it sets me up for the day ties him out that's why he's not tired that's why he's always barking at everything at the moment and on that as well i um how sad is it going for a walk without your dog i hate it <laughs> you know what the worst part is is all these like do-gooding old people that's like where's your dog oh you're missing your mate today it's like what if we got hit by a bus yeah like how bad would that make you feel and there's like it's not i explain the situation oh, i can't walk at the moment and they still ask every day oh where's your mate is your mate coming back soon what about my feelings? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> it's also your dog's best part of the day too. <laughs> it's also kind of like, cause I do, um, I, as you know, a creature of habit. I do exactly the same route every single day at pretty much exactly the same time. It's kind of weird how many people know me without having ever met me. Mm. Like random people yeah. will pop up that I don't cross paths with on my walk and they'll be like, you're a long way from home. Like that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Don't say that to someone. <laughs> <laughs> or like, where's your dog today? Like, how do you know I have a dog? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a bit odd. So something that uh, sparked my thought for this topic is I've got a client, Nikki, who is 
How many weeks did I say she is out from comp? Is it like 11? 11, 11 weeks out. She's 11 yeah. weeks out from a natural bodybuilding comp in Romania. Nice. She's uh, in Romania. Yeah. yeah wow. Mm. She's looking amazing. Yeah, yeah she's, she's very shredded. lean, yeah. Mm. She's like 54 kilos at the moment. Wow. Her starting weight was like 65. Far out. Yeah, so she's she's uh, absolutely... Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, she's absolutely crushing it. But um, so she's, she's getting a little bit disheartened at times with her training because obviously when you're in such a huge calorie deficit, uh, you're not as... Uh, especially in bodybuilding, this deep mm. into a bodybuilding prep, you're not as lively as you, as you, uh, yeah. you are at the start. Everything's harder. Everything's mm. heavier. You don't really get a pump as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and with with uh, females especially, like lots of other stuff happens mm. while while you're uh, really deep in a deficit. Um, but she gets a little bit disheartened sometimes. You know that the that she's not making progression in terms of load. Mm-hmm. So each week, you know, with powerlifting, the main objective is to get stronger. Mm. Um, so we're always trying to add load in some way, shape, or form. But obviously, not all the time. We're always trying to modulate something else. But mm-hmm. That's what I was talking to her about. Let's aim for different things. Let's try to progress things. Let's try to make things a little bit harder in other ways. So I want to talk about constraints, mm-hmm. train constraints. How can you make things more difficult? How can you still enjoy training? How can you still make progression mm-hmm. when adding a load isn't an option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I think the, the biggest thing to recognize is that everything's just relative intensity. It's just supposed to be X amount of hard. That's why I love RIR. Mm. So it doesn't, doesn't actually matter how much weight is on the bar it's just about how far can you take this thing. It's like relative intensity. And the, the right muscles will give out in the right exercise if you're focusing on them. Uh, and sometimes that's a necessary evil. Like in these circumstances, if you can't just add weight to the bar or you, you know the person can't lift what they can normally lift, you have to resort to making some changes, mixing up exercises. But more than that, making it harder without making it heavier by doing things like tempos, by using some sort of pre-fatigue stuff, like on a leg extension, have a long hold on a lockout for like 30 seconds and then do your set Mm. and see how much harder that makes it. And then you kind of disconnect from the total weight on the stack or on the bar because you're like, oh, this is meant to be hard now because I've made it hard by doing this thing, by doing the tempo or by pre-fatiguing. And it helps you just recognize the exercise for being difficult for what it is rather than Emotionally attaching. Yeah, exactly. Mm. 100%. And that's um, that's like a that's a good example that you just said there. That I, I've been programming that forever for a lot of my clients because, you know, people be like, oh, the leg extension's too light. It's like, well, do a 10-second isometric hold at the start. Mm. Then tell me it's too light. Is that because I used to make everyone do it? No. Nah, I just – I remember when I went down the rabbit hole of isometrics, I started – I loved isometric lunge holds and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to make everyone do it. Yeah, true. Yeah. I've been programming it for my clients too now. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And back, I do it back when we had that old shitty leg press, uh, leg extension. That one was awesome. That one was heavy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you could do like three places. Was that one here job. when I first started? I feel like I remember another leg extension, but maybe not. Probably. Mm. Yeah, that one, I loved that one. It was heavy. But um, yeah, so like for example, the other day with Nikki, we did like a 10 second isometric. Uh, mm, oh, sorry, eccentric on the first rep. Yeah, mm. gross. Yeah, and that's disgusting. And then it just makes every single rep after that hard. Yeah. And she's not focused on the reps. She's literally just focused on the movement. She feels her, sh- like, you know, uh, she's feeling that uh, the blood flow yeah. go directly to her shoulders, to her delts. And, you know, she's loving it. So it's good. Forced negatives. Have you ever done them? Nah. So like you say so you do the first set of a curl and someone pushes down uh, on it and yeah. you have to mm. resist it. Mm. Oh, they suck. 
Do you, do you know what I love about all this stuff? This is all the stuff that we learnt about when we first started training, but now we're just adding nuance to it and explaining in like a more logical way. Yeah, trying to make it sound like it's scientific. <laughs> just fun. scientific. Blood flow restriction. Yeah, I haven't done that, but it looks fucking gnarly. It's horrible. I remember I did it once and because I always saw people and they had like mad veins popping out everywhere. Yeah. I was like, man, I can't do it once. And I put them around my arms and they were like, no veins. I was like, yeah, no point. <laughs> no veins. That's <laughs> not why they do it, but it's it's also kind of why. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember seeing uh, BK do it. Yeah, I was, and I was like, BK, go. He, got, he got one of our ex-members who was a nurse to swipe a bunch of like blood pressure, uh, like the, the cuffs they put on to take blood. Oh, yes. Yeah, those yeah. little... Those yeah. <laughs> That's what he uses. Oh, really? Yeah, they oh, were just like man. swiped from the hospital or something. <laughs> is there any- It's all right. You're safe, BK. You're in Bali now. They can't come <laughs> Is there any danger to that? Uh, I mean, like, not really. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, like, you're not going to put it on and leave it on for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, the danger is being an idiot. Like, oh, my arm feels like it's hurting and I can't move it and it's gone blue. I'll just keep going. That's the danger. Do you know what's funny? I've made the joke to some of my clients when I've wrapped their knees. I'm like, all right, just keep them on until your next set. And, and, they've they gone, do it. and they've gone to just go sit down and be like, <laughs> I'm like I was joking. We're going to rewrap them. <laughs> Take them off. Um, on, on the opposite, it's like that's when you know someone doesn't know how to use wrist wraps or knee wraps. They w- put them on when they walk in and wear them for the whole session. Yeah. Well, what about when I wrapped <laughs> Angus's knee? So the first time I, yes. did I tell you about this? I wrapped Angus's knees for the first time and I told him, I was like, I'm not going to wrap them tight. But I said to Bridget, I'm going to wrap them as tight as I can. <laughs> and I wrapped them as tight as I can. And I did what you used to do. We don't do this anymore. But I was like, you have, the to, walk to, the other, you have to walk to the other side of the gym. I wrapped them as tight as I can. He stood up with them and goes, yeah, they're quite tight. With his hands <laughs> on his hips and just started walking around. I was like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Farm strong. Yeah. Country he is, tough. He is country tough. Because yeah. even he wraps his knees really tight already. Yeah. He tells me how many revs he's got. And he's got huge quads, huge calves. So he's got big legs. He's a monster. Does he wrap his own knees? Yeah. Wow. Nice. I taught him once, sent him that video of you wrapping your knees, Tombo, and he wraps his knees just as good as anyone. That's amazing. Who else is going to wrap his knees out there? A yeah. cow? Yeah. Cow. <laughs> a cow. I, I didn't know he was doing wrap squats. A bale of hay? <laughs> yeah. He's got. He's he's just got the biggest nuts. He's like Tom Hardy, bro. I know we keep saying making this comparison, but like taught him how to wrap his knees, go straight into like a, you know, a strength face, <laughs> <laughs> P being triples, and he's wrapping his own knees for the very first time. So good. absolute monster. So good. Um, so also training constraints. I don't know. Have you guys noticed in here? Like we've got some leg extension, uh, leg extensions. We've got some leg machines that are really hard, and some that are really easy. So when you think of exercises, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I pick a leg machine, I pick the one that it's easiest to load. I'll pick a hack squat or I'll pick a pendulum because I don't have to put too many plates on them. <laughs> and you can get like a, you know, you can get the exact same stimulus, if not better, than some of these other machines. I like the pendulum squat. Pendulum's uh, the best. I think, yeah. I think it's awesome. Uh, I find the belt squat. Belt squat's annoying because belt squat can really mess you up if you use it well. But belt squat, you can also load the hell out of it and just body English your way up and basically get nothing for your legs. Uh, not nothing for your legs, but very minimal stimulus. So like it's it's just like the whole like leg press versus squat thing. If your legs are strong enough to do triple what you squat or something ridiculous like that, double what you squat on a machine, it probably just means you're not doing the machine very well. 
Like you're probably just using momentum, using your arms, using something to pushing on your knees, whatever it is. You're probably just using something else to move the weight from point A to point B. And that's not how getting stronger or getting bigger works. It's not just moving things from point A to point B. It's doing it thoughtfully and in a way that's going to maximize progression over time. Yeah, you got to... Um, that's like why I, li- I like programming pendulums for people because obviously you don't need... Uh, there's not much... Uh, you don't need to load it too much, like I said before. You can add two plates and you're going to get a fucking crazy pump. You're going to get, a, you know, the desired stimulus that you're trying to get. And the other reason I like programming pendulum is because you notice people's hips can't shoot back. Yep. They literally just have to use their legs. Well, it's a it's a great constraint. Like, So if you put, like, say, pendulum side by side to belt squat to keep picking on belt squat, there's so many ways you can cheat in a belt squat. In a pendulum, you really can't. Like it's it's pretty hard to change the position of your body to move the weight up. You just it's pure legs. Mm. It's great. So all right, we got some really cool machines in here. We got the Power Squat Pro. I love that thing. That's fucking awesome. We got the leg press. We got the pendulum. Yep. We got the hack squat. Put them in order. Belt squat too. Oh, and the belt squat. What's the Power Squat Pro? The, That's the you know the thing in the corner. Power squat machine next to the hack squat. Oh, it's next to it. Okay, yeah. you know oh, the thing that like yeah. huge yeah. With the yeah. metal plates on metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But put okay. them in order of what? Oh, so you guys can create your own context around this. Powerlifting, no, no hypertrophy. Oh, hypertrophy. I would go. I would go the power squat, then the pendulum, then the hack squat, the leg press, belt squat. Nice, Gidge. Mm, I'd do the same, but I'd swap leg press and hack squat around. Because? I feel like I can't get enough range on the hack squat. Mm. Oh, but we can actually take that bottom thing out now. No, don't Uh, do that. uh. Don't do that? No, because when you go lower, the base of the thing hits the pin. Oh. And it'll snap it out. Okay. It it happened up in cans. Oh, were they doing that as well? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You'll have to just put like mats on it or a block or something. Oh, yoga blocks on your shoulders. Mm. That. Yeah. We got bench blocks, so we can do that. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm just using anecdotal experience. I can take a hack squat and the pendulum far closer to failure than I can take like a leg press mm. and the power squat pro without being in danger. Mm-hmm. And then belt squat comes last. Yeah, mm. and the same thing. It's what I was saying before because that's what's why I put the leg press lower. Because uh, leg press, if we were just saying just for powerlifting, uh, leg press, I'd probably put at the top. I think it's going to have the strongest carryover in terms of loadability and specificity for hips. But if we're talking about taking you to muscular fatigue, the leg press as you start to fatigue, you'll just round your back, you'll twist your hips. Even though you're pretty constrained in it, you can still cheat it a bit. Whereas I feel like if you try and do that in the power squat or the pendulum, you get punished. Mm. The reason I put the power squat above the pendulum is because you can go way heavier on the power squat. Yeah, true. So like in terms of hypertrophy, you can have the constraints of like the pad and having the movement with that kind of swing arc like the pendulum has, but you can just go heavier on the on the power squat. The only thing with the, like another constraint for the power squat is if you've if you got a shitty upper back, it's going to expose it even more. Mm. So therefore you can't take it as close to muscular failure. That's true, but I don't have a shitty upper back, so. Yeah. <laughs> One up on you, baby. And the power squat's good for different variations of exercises too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that machine's fucking awesome. Mm. Very good machine. It's definitely underused. Mm. Like mm. we use it as as coaches with clients a lot, 
well, you guys do. I don't coach anyone. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know if people are just scared to try it or scared to play with it or whatever, but I feel like it should get a lot more use than what it does. Do you know the other thing, though, that I think about it? Because you actually have to quite, you have to load it quite a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's the other. I was going to say, not only do you have to load it a bit more, but we don't have plates there. Like yeah, you have, yeah. To, have <laughs> yeah. to walk the plates over. Yeah, true. That's yeah. why I stopped using oh. it as much. <laughs> I was just like, ah, exactly what you said. I'm fucked after like squats. I'm like, ah, just a couple of plates on the bench. And that'll <laughs> we are so lazy. Yeah, we can't walk five meters with a couple twenty kilo plates. It's the back pump. I yeah. can't. It'll, it'll feed the back pump, and I don't want to. Yeah. Um. All right. Sets of 15, are they beneficial? For what? <laughs> All right. Here's why I wanted to. Because Declan said just do sets of five to failure. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's 100% why this came up. No, no, no. It's not. My client, Drum Grumpy, oh, shout yeah. out Dave, he uh, put up a post uh, saying when you get program sets of 12 to f- uh, sets of 15 at on split squats, I actually program 12 to 15. And I thought to myself, if you're able to get 15 reps, you're not going heavy enough. Mm. Why? Well, I mean, if it's 12 to 15 or like two RIR, as long as you get 15, you got two RIR. Yeah, true. Otherwise, why write 12 to 15? Well, because I was too la- lazy to change it from 12 <laughs> to 15 to 12. <laughs> no, I like 12. I like the rep ranges. Mm. I think rep ranges are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I just thought that's that was only my objection. I was like, oh, you don't have to do 15. You can go here and do 12. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I didn't actually think it was because of Declan, but Declan's been going hard on that lately. Yeah. He's, he's found a love for that. How and fucking jacked it. He's so... So what does Declan do? Bodybuilding. That's what he but, does. The, the, uh, did he's you guys bo- see his reel with the... Thing snapped. Thing yeah. <laughs> no one. I've watched that so many times. He's really bought into the idea of... Um, uh, hypertrophy is driven by taking a muscle to fatigue and so why waste your time doing 10 reps when really what matters is the last couple of reps so just cut out the first five just do five reps go heavier because better for hypertrophy and still take it close to failure so you're just doing five reps well he's just lower reps than okay. like people typically see okay eight to 12 is kind of hypertrophy less than that is kind of strength yeah and the reality is neither of those extremes are are that true there's benefits to both so when when i think about a set of 15 i wouldn't look at it so much in the context of hypertrophy rather than like again general conditioning uh, i think there's there's benefit to doing an extended set in terms of the mindset and grit that's why i like higher rep stuff because i think mraps i think high rep stuff like sets of 15 to 20 are generally not that great for strength or hypertrophy but there's mental attributes, there's training attributes that you can gain from them. So I like the higher rep stuff. Uh, but if the, the goal was pure hypertrophy, you'd use them only in certain time and places for sure. What it did make me realize though, from um, just speaking of Declan, it just made me realize that I need to just push some of my exercises a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, like, like you know, it's very common, and especially with powerlifters, you know, you're really good at nailing the first exercise on your program squat really good at nailing the second and then every other one you're just ticking boxes mm-hmm. ah it's just three sets of ten i'm just doing three sets of ten but i'm not actually going to three sets of ten at that whatever you prescribe two r hour three r hour yeah so what i did like is it made me you know look at my own training and go oh, okay wait i need to push mm-hmm. these a little bit harder same when i stopped doing spd for a little while and i was pushing accessories i realized that before that time i wasn't pushing accessories yeah yeah, yeah. was it yep. that or was it because david 
blew everyone out of the water with yeah, this Yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> what did you end up doing insane. yesterday? Three plates for six reps. Okay, I'm going to have a crack today. What's <laughs> yeah. this? So Should that be the new challenge of the week? I haven't done a challenge yet. Nah, someone will tear it <laughs> So <laughs> I, I should have filmed it, Tom, bro. I was getting like the shakes as if I was doing deadlifts, trying to do three plates. So David, you tell the story. So Declan posted a video of him uh, on the T-bar row doing mm. four plates, so 80 kilos. For a set of six, I was like, fuck, that is heavy. Like, if everyone's used the T-bar row here, it's really hard to use. You're out of breath because it's fucking pulling you into yeah, the yeah, pad. Yeah. And very hard. So it was a very impressive set. And then me and David had uh, David had programmed some rows, so I'm like, jump in with Declan. We'll just take a couple plates off. I was like, you know what? We're going to see if you can do that as well. And then so David <laughs> did four plates for 10 reps <laughs> with no grip. So Declan had straps as well. And Declan was like mind blown. Declan was like, that's fucked. I was like, that is fucked. <laughs> There's no knurling on those handles. They're just no. plastic and they roll. rolly yeah, handles. They roll, so they yeah. roll out of your hands. So David did four more reps than uh, Declan at the same weight with no grips. And then yesterday he did five plates for six reps. Oh my God. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to... Surely, I'm going to see how hard I can push this. I only did three plates of six reps, and I was getting like the shakes. Like, I was, you know, when people it's can't hard. lock out the deadlift it's really and they get hard. the shakes, that's what I was getting on the rows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a crack today. I, don't, I haven't tried to, I've only ever used that machine to warm up. It's, like, I've never done back work on it. I've only ever done like a 120 kilo plate for full range stuff. I've been loving it. I've even been using it for uh, rear delts. I'm saying that just in case I do poorly today. I'm just going to be like, oh, <laughs> I haven't got the experience. Give me a few weeks. Yeah, uh, the skill. Yeah, you haven't practiced the skill That's enough. Right. That's right. <laughs> With a few more exposures, you'll be there. Um, oh, what to do if one side is stronger than the other? Steroids. Yeah. <laughs> but don't handle one side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to inject on that side. That's where the steroids oh, no, work. Side. On the weak side. Yeah. Well, the first question is, like, how do you know one side's stronger than the other? Mm. It's a question. <laughs> well. You did the Joe Rogan response. Mm. <laughs> well, the heat like shock doing proteins are. Uh, stuff and yeah. seeing, yeah, how far you can push both sides. That's, that's a good answer. I, like, you know when people are like, oh, I want to fix imbalances. I'm always like, I don't know if I've said this before. Like, you better wipe your ass with both hands in. <laughs> you better fucking start riding with both hands. You better fucking... You know, answer the phone and text with both hands if you're so worried about these imbalances that you're going to accumulate from doing four sessions in the gym a week. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I think be be sure that you even have an imbalance, a strength imbalance left to right. And where most people think they have a strength imbalance, they probably don't or it doesn't matter as much. So if you're in a less stable environment, imbalances are going to show up more. And if those imbalances don't present to be an issue in a stable environment, then it doesn't matter as much. So what I mean by that is like, let's say you are doing a dumbbell press and one side's way stronger than the other, but when you bench press, you don't seem to have an issue between left and right. Is it that big a deal or is it just exposed when you go through more range on a dumbbell press? Uh, so how do you fix imbalances? Yeah, I mean, unilateral stuff. The important thing if you are doing that, uh, you know, you've got a left side that struggles more than the right side, is that you match the left side to the right, uh, the, the right side to the left side. So if you're doing the same weight or you should be doing the same weight unilaterally and you can only get six on the left side, just do six on the right. Otherwise you just feed the imbalance further. Obviously if you've got like, if you've got a disability or like a, an injury that's hindering you from a, that's why you've got an imbalance. Obviously, you know, circumstances are a little bit different, but like you said, just fucking, yeah. Yeah. Know. It just comes back to how much does it actually matter? Mm. 
And honestly, as if you're just managing your own training, you probably don't have the skill or knowledge to make that call. Yeah. It's probably just a guess because I can tell you, we can test the best lifters in the world, the worst lifters in the world, someone who looks completely stable, someone who looks completely unstable, and no matter what, we'll find an imbalance somewhere. Yeah. So let's use baseball players for an example. If they are, or anyone, you throw a ball, I'm left-handed, throw a ball with my left hand. It's really good. Throw a ball with my right hand. Really shit. Do I need to fix that imbalance? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at like Roger Federer's forearms. Yeah. 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 I was literally difference. just thinking of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's a very, uh, that's. That's an extreme. Yeah. That's I a very extreme that, yeah. case, but it's very odd because you look at everyone else. They don't have those crazy <laughs> yeah. imbalances. Yeah. Nadal does a bit. Yeah. Nadal's yeah. one's hectic as well. Yeah. Yeah. But these guys are the elite of the elite. I like mm. the arm wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. That will have like literally. 10 times bigger on one wow. side than the other. That's sick. Yeah, I, it's like, you know, you brought up the gymnast the other week and you've brought them up a few times, like these guys that have crazy hypertrophy in particular areas because, or these people, I should say, because of the sports that they do, like the cyclists with the gigantic quads, that kind of thing. I love it. Mm. Yeah. So cool. Just the product of their environment. Yes. Hey, I've been using that a lot. <laughs> That phrase. <laughs> well, it's just a continuum of space realm and the science. Oh, That's sure. Right. <laughs> All right. What's your weird food? What's a food that <gasps> you love that everyone else would think was weird? Really stinky cheese. Yeah. Oh, no. Love it. No. So love it. I I don't think that that's that's that weird though. It's not that weird, but no. a lot of people think it's gross. It's like if it smells like the more it smells like feet, the better. And I hate feet. <laughs> it's weird because we, I hate we feet. are like. <laughs> We're clearly uncultured swine. <laughs> like I was just, I'm still thinking about shapes and chocolate milk. <laughs> hey, I love shapes and chocolate mm. milk as well. I'm on both ends. Like. But I feel like that's universally, pretty universally accepted as not yeah, that weird. Yeah, stinky cheese. So you got to think of something weirder. Well, I'm going to take it to the next level and say I've eaten cheese that have had maggots crawling in it and you just pick it out and you just eat it. Yeah, okay, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. that's so wild. Is that okay. only in like parts of France? That's in, in France and Italy and places like that. You're not allowed to do that here because we have fermentation laws. So that's why our cheese is shit. Over that's here. nasty. Mm. I got one. CJ, you. I don't know if you like it, but balut. Mm. I don't eat is it. Is that the egg? Yeah, I haven't eaten yeah. it in like two D- years. Duck egg, yeah, yeah. But it's a uh, unfam. Uh, what's the word? Uh, fertilized egg. Yeah, unfertilized. It's yeah, it's fertilized because it's a chicken. Yeah. yeah, so it's not hatched. Duck. So yeah, it's a, a fetus. It just tastes like egg though. But kind you guys, if yeah. you guys want to look it up, look up Balut. It looks. I saw horrible. it on the Amazing Race like ten years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. Amazing <laughs> Race. <laughs> <laughs> just Joe Rogan telling him to eat it. Yeah, well, I first got a, a like um, exposed to it because of Nick when we were kids would tell me that his mum would eat them and like flick the head and then crunch the head and I was like, <gasps> I don't know if I can handle this. Mm. <laughs> Is the texture? It's like no, it's just like it. It's literally just like I reckon it's just okay. like an egg. So there's you get it at different levels of um mm. like along the birth. I don't know what mm. you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So of course, like what Nick's mum and like what my mum would have it is like very close to it hatching. Yeah, so no. there's wow. like feathers and the beak is formed wow. and stuff. Mm. But what me and James have, we have it very early on where it's still pretty much an egg, but it does look like an embryo. It looks mm. horrible looking, but okay. it tastes nice. But so you, you guys are having the junior egg. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a junior egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would too. Yeah. Text okay. is the biggest thing for I'll get me. some. I'll get some and bring them. Yeah. No, have them on the podcast. Oh, I don't want that that <laughs> bad. Do they, sm- do they smell? Yeah, let's. Yeah, but <laughs> like you not. suck the juices out, you no. crack them. It's, I don't know. It's actually quite nice. It is, yeah. It's a, juices is not the good. It's a, 
uh, it's almost like a soup. Yeah, yeah. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. you kind of salt juice. it. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. All right, what's your weird ones? Here? Um, I have like uh, like weird combos of food that go together. That, that like. I, don't, I know a lot of people like dipping their McDonald's chips in the ice cream. Yes, yeah, I'm one of them. That's good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. As a kid, um, <laughs> for a snack, sometimes my mum would give me rice and peanut butter. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And have you had rice Milo and uh, banana? My mum used to give me that when I was sick. Yeah, like uh, when you boil the rice, like almost like a lugal. What do you call that in English? Um, like congee kind of. Yes, yeah. congee, but mm. it's sweet congee, yeah. Had that. So it's kind of like rice um, pudding. Yeah. Rice pudding is delicious. Mm. Yeah, it's actually really yeah. nice. Um, and I, this is probably going to cause most controversy, I don't mind Hawaiian pizza. I don't mind pineapple on yeah, pizza. Yeah, I, quite, pineapple I don't mind It's not either. that yeah. bad. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, pineapple it's on anything is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, mine is mine is Vegemite or Marmite and jam. Okay. I'm a, no, together. I'll together. Yeah, strawberry jam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because no, I like that because I love cheese and jam sandwiches. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sweet and salty together. So yeah, that that's the the next level if you're brave enough is like the Vegemite jam and cheese. Ooh, I'm a I big fan. Try, I yeah. can do that. I want to try that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's mm. great. Like it, it was my it was the reason I was 120 kilo 14 year old, uh, but <laughs> it's it's still got emotional ties for me. So do it, oh, all, but bust it out every now and again. Vegemite and Marmite's a food that I don't ad- like admitting that I don't mind. Mm. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, I feel like because the world hates it, I want to shy away from admitting that I kind of like it. But I kind of like it. No, it's, it's no, good. that's all the more reason to say you like mm. it. I don't be like everybody else. I don't love it. You know, <laughs> oi, no, but if I say I like it, then I'm like everyone else in Australia. All right. Um, Marmite or Vegemite? Vegemite. Marmite. Vegemite. Marmite's way better. Marmite's 10 times You better. guys grew up in New Zealand. <laughs> I grew up here. There's a clear distinction here. <laughs> Okay, so with a Marmite, peanut butter, and sauce, let's say tomato sauce, do they belong in the fridge or the pantry? Pantry. I'm a pantry guy. Yeah, either either or. It all depends. <laughs> it depends either on or. the it depends on the the time of year. I like sauce well. in the fridge, but yeah. but spreadables in the pantry. Besides butter. So course. I'm a bit strange. I put my sweet chili and ketchup in the pantry, but mm. all my good barbecue sauces in the fridge. Okay. Nice. Yeah, right. All right. Here's the question that's going to like maintain or destroy the integrity of this podcast. <laughs> is there a difference between tomato sauce and ketchup? Isn't tomato sauce like kind of more watered This is down a very ketchup? simple question. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a massive difference. <laughs> is Isn't it more watered down? That's no, a different flavor. Oh. Oh. Um, ketchup is infinitely better. I hate going to a place and they're like, I'm like, do you want, uh, can I have ketchup? And they give me tomato sauce. I was like, I said ketchup. I'm not a, I don't know. What's I'm not a tomato I'm sauce. Or I'm not cultured guy. enough to know the difference. James, oh, I was too busy playing sports to eat. <laughs> a young jock like me having having my orange quarters. Oh, <laughs> righto. <laughs> Uh, do you know what that just reminded me of? I saw like uh, someone taking the piss out of Bradley Martin on the podcast. He'll be like interviewing like a chess player and he'll be like, do you think you could beat me in chess, bro? And the guy's like, yeah, I play chess. He goes, I'm 260. I bench da da da. Bradley Martin always <laughs> to, uh, brings it back to how big he is. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's good. Can you explain the difference between tomato sauce yes, and ketchup? Please. It's just the flavor. Ketchup's like thicker and sweeter. And yeah, it's definitely better. thicker. And ketchup's got ketamine in it. <laughs> ketamine. <laughs> Vitamin K. <laughs> so, what brand of ketchup do you like? Heinz. Like mm. 
Okay. The only ketchup you can really get in Australia is, and that's in the glass bottle, right? No, nah, doesn't have Tombro. It used to be. Oh no, nah, we need you can to get, get uh, a squeeze bottle now. I think squeeze we need to get Tombro on the banana ketchup. Oh yes, mm, you've probably had it before, actually. I have. Is that the Byron Bay chili? Nah, it's by uh, Monk Tomas. It's a Filipino ketchup. Oh okay. yeah. What's your favorite barbecue sauce? Sweet Baby Ray's, mm. baby. Nah, Sweet Baby Ray's is junior barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it's good, but it's like definitely entry level barbecue sauce. Yeah. There's uh, there's a I'm not I can't remember the brand I only know what it looks like. Uh, I oh. got I got a bunch from America last time I was there. It's my favorite sauce. I'll take a photo of it. Oh, okay. Master Foods. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I put it in the like when I do barbecues here. I put it in one of the things for everyone to try. <laughs> but I don't like sharing it because no one appreciates barbecue sauce. They're just like, oh yeah, great barbecue sauce. <laughs> just I like, love a good barbecue. Is this Master yeah. Foods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this the sugar reduced one? Fuck off. <laughs> Sugary juice. Uh, no, I'm a big sauce guy. I'm a big sauce guy. Mm. You know what? The the ETA, I don't even know how, know how you say that brand, ETA. Mm-hmm. The ETA brand, like the old, you know, every Australian household has it, that brown bottle. With a yellow with lid. The yellow My lid. dad's favorite, the smoky barbecue. That is home. like hugely underrated in the barbecue community. Mm. I reckon that's a fantastic barbecue yeah. sauce. Good okay. sauce, good sauce. If you got any sauce recommendations, hit us up. Mm. Mm. I gotta right. get that chili oil. Do you go? Do you go Trident sweet chili sauce or like the that Thai brand? I was gonna say you go the one that's in the same bottle, but with Thai lang- with the Thai yeah, yeah. Uh, scripture on it. Yeah, mm. like Thai. All right, that's us. Nice, amazing. Subscribe, like, we love you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.